2: Hey guys, welcome to The Tapping Go. My name is Matt.
1: My name is Freddie. Each week we bring you your rugby fix with interviews with past and present rugby professionals. And we get their views on the latest sporting issues. Hey guys, welcome back. I know we've been away for a while, but due to a couple of things, we've had to delay this episode, but we're finally here. So I know it's been a few weeks, but we're finally going to get down to that Premiership final. I mean, what a game. I mean, one of the best sides in a while. And we're lucky to be joined by Harlequin's member, Oscar Bit. Oscar, how are you, buddy?
2: I'm all good, thank you. And and yourself, thanks for thanks for having me on here.
1: Yeah, no, all good. I mean, we'll get on to that. I mean, it was an unbelievable game for you, I'm sure, an un- unbelievable few days Yeah, when um, we've got you here. So I just want to talk to you about sort of your journey through rugby. So obviously, you've been involved with Quins from the start. You're in the academy. So we're we'll talk the process, how you first like got into the academy and sort of the route you've taken to get to where you are now.
2: Yeah, so I was actually at, I was at Farnham Rugby Club. I, I was in a Hampshire school at Lord Wandsworth College. Um, and it was basically through one of my mate's dad's, who was sort of, he was actually playing at Hazelmere, sort of through that Surrey Club uh, route, sort of just got got me a trial into the under-13s DPP and then just sort of went from there through the ranks and, yeah, pretty much through there, through the EPDG and then all the way up to under-18s and then um, getting signed and pretty much from there, yeah.
1: Was well, rugby always sort of the, the goal, the dream? Is it the passion that you've always had? Do you think you could always take it this far to get into the professional game?
2: Um, t- to be honest, I just, I loved it from a young age, I think. Like, uh, the reason I do it is I, I really enjoy it. I, I love playing rugby. And I think that that was always my main aim, just just enjoy it. And then I think when I was, like, under 16, I was at Cranley School, uh, which the, the rugby was really good there. Is when I began to take it a lot more seriously and, and seeing it as a potential career path and thinking, like, like I, I really want this. I mean, t- to be honest, I think I've, I've always wanted to to be a rugby player and go and play professionally. I mean, that, that's always been a dream of mine so yeah I, I would say I've always sort of wanted to, uh, to be a rugby player.
1: How did sort of obviously a lot of our listeners are in the sort of 16 to 18 age bracket did Cranley go in a way of helping you sort of get towards this because obviously lots of public schools are built for rugby Wellington, Millfield, etc they help push their boys forward but some sort of leave them what did Cranley do for you?
2: No uh, yeah no I mean absolutely Cranley were brilliant um from under 16s I, I sort of played with the first team uh, there and just that their, their relationship with Quinn's. I mean they'd had a lot of boys um who had been signed to the senior academy and gone on to do do great things with Quinn so their relationship was really good and 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 there'd be like Quinn's coaches coming in um a guy called Mark Mapletoft who, who was really great with Quinns who did a lot of kicking and and passing and skill stuff with me so I, I think one cranny's standard of rugby was like re- really high up um I mean we had, we had a strong couple of years. Uh, the in fact the year above me and year below me were all pretty strong, so we had a pretty successful see- few seasons. But I, I definitely think they they aided me massively, and I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for Cranley. J- just the the professionalism of everything, from the coaching to the SNC perspective. Uh, I mean, it was all really well gelled um,
1: with Quinns. I think that sort of demonstrates. I mean, from my perspective, how. The game's developing so much lower down. Obviously, it's, uh, our premiership stand, it's incredible, but schools are so much buying into this sort of idea that people need to be training and sort of physically fit from a young age, and it's thorough in safety. And so I think that you can see how that affects the likes of you, Atkinson, Baxter, i just people who we've had on here have all commented on sort of they've been ready to go into the professional game. They haven't felt like there's been too much for a bridge. Have you felt there was anything in particular that you had to work on massively, and which has changed since leaving school?
2: Yeah. Um. I think the main thing is just the size element um, because I, well, I, I'm a center. i a centre. I played 10 at school sort of in my last year, but I'm, I was mainly a 12, 13, and now at Queen's I'm mainly a 13. Obviously, I, I made my debut on the wing. I can play on the wing also, but I think it was just mainly the size thing, the just the, the pure mass and the, the, the strength and power element. I mean, e- everything else was... It, it wasn't similar. Obviously, it was a lot quicker at Quinn's. Everyone was a lot more skillful. I had a much better skill set all round. So defensively, I had to step up massively. I think that was the biggest work on for me, just just going in and, and trying to read sort of people's bodies and, and stuff like that before they'd got the ball um, and, and things like that. But I think in general, the, the sort of S and C side was probably the biggest shock. Just looking at the, some of the size of the guys, I was like, "Oh my god, here we go!" Um, but no, it, it's been awesome, and and learning off those guys just from watching has been 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 brilliant. But I, I definitely think overall everything was a step up. But skill set wise, a lot more people will. Everyone is very skillful, but it's what I needed to work on to sort of try and stand out in that in that group um so yeah that's that's pretty much it i'd say
1: in the transition from sort of being obviously your full-time education with rugby obviously being a passion but obviously sort of studies how did it go from then suddenly it was rugby obviously i'm not sure a couple of other guys have talked about open university and stuff but is rugby just sort of it must have taken over almost
2: uh yeah no absolutely i mean um I, I've, I've still through school applied for university and and still will plan to do some sort of university, whether it's online university or deferred places or, or, or whatever. But I, I do like, I, I remember obviously it was a bit, it was a bit weird for sort of our oh, year going in with COVID and everything, but just the amount of time, sort of we had in our hands was suddenly like, Oh, cause obviously school's so full on, but gradually as the season gets going, the rugby was really full on and we'd sort of get back. And because at our, our stage or, or the, sort of our group of players is very much a development stage. So it's not maintaining. Um So I think just physically it, it was so draining. And I know a lot of the lads sort of in their third, fourth years then look or will have sort of looked to do more, more university stuff, but it, it was definitely a bit of a shock, particularly going into the full season. But, um but yeah, that, that, that was pretty much it. I mean, I, I wouldn't have it any, any other way. And I, I guess, just going from school to sort of straight into it with a weird COVID year, having loads more time on your hands, and straight into it again was a bit. It was full on, but it was it was good. It was good fun.
1: I was talking about you are still that nineteen twenty year old guy. Are you managing to find the balance of still having fun with your mates as well being a professional sportsman? Yeah, so that's something I probably
2: found more difficult because um, going in with COVID. Obviously, my my A levels finished really weirdly, so I never had an A level summer, mm. um, and I, and I went straight to Quins, and I was, I was head down, and and to be honest, I wouldn't have it any other way. I just wanted to go fly fully into the rugby, give it my best shot, and um, put m- myself in the best chance of sort of playing. But it, it, to be honest, like it has been hard watching all my friends at university, uh, like Exeter with yourself, and 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 Loughborough and everywhere having having a good time and having these great big holidays while well, I've sort of been in training but I mean I only realized well obviously I realized why I do it but yeah, I had to sacrifice a lot and I wouldn't change any of it given my debut and stuff I think that was a real it's, it's all worth it sort of thing but especially now I mean after my injury in in that been my debut game um, my off season's looking very small I only get two weeks off instead of the five so I've been in rehabbing and will be in tomorrow uh, three times a week but but we will get a two week period off so hopefully I will enjoy that down in Cornwall with some of the lads it should be good fun
1: Yeah well you talk about obviously the COVID effects, but hopefully as an Everything's opening up now. Fingers crossed that you'll be able to sort of try and find that balance even better. That now, they're not in the bubble, you're yeah. time off. You talk about Cornwall. I'm down in Cornwall at the moment. I bumped into Will Stewart today. So obviously,
0: really no way.
1: Class. So um, as in, like obviously the players are now hopefully helping to find that balance. So fingers crossed that becomes easier. Obviously throughout yeah. the movement in the squad, but any players in particular sort of helps you merge. One of the senior players, obviously walking to camp, you're looking at his back, you're looking at Mike Brown. Obviously he's now moved on. But was there anyone in particular who helped you out?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone was very helpful. The ones that stand out for me, uh, with Joe Marchand being an outside centre, sort of going through my under-20s clips with me, was has been brilliant and so, sort of just watching him, as a world-class 13s, really helps. Likewise with Luke Northmore, James Lang, uh, in that sort of centre uh, outside centre position. But even guys like, I remember when I first went in, I spoke to Danny Kerr a lot, Mike Brown, and just listening to the experience and sort of how, how it was for them was sort of really refreshing, knowing that everyone was going through what sort of w- we went through. And obviously, it was a bit more difficult in that we couldn't go on loan. So, so sometimes training was a, a bit, bit like harder. We wouldn't be fully training with the squad all the time. But no, they've definitely been sort of really helpful, especially going into. Um, that game v. Sale, I mean, uh, I was probably annoying a lot of them, like guys like Ben Tapawai, Joe March, and Aaron Morris. Um, but no, I, I, th- those are the main guys who sort of helped me out. But
1: everyone has been really helpful. Obviously named a few there. But what was it like, sort of your first day having like signed the contract in the first, first in the senior squad, walking in and seeing the likes of Danny Kerr, Mike Brown, Joe Marler, must have been pretty. Don Brandt, must have been pretty surreal.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. I remember it so clear. I walked into the physio room and it, it was actually, it was James Lang in there. And I remember someone I'd looked up to from um, being in the sort of under 18s and younger. I, I remember doing some rehab and they were all joking around in there and, and then seeing him, I was a bit like, Oh, a bit shaky, a bit nervous. And I, as soon as I started talking to him, I was like, hold on, this guy's just normal. Like they're all normal blokes. They all like to have a laugh and stuff. So that, that was pretty refreshing. And he, he sort of, Sort of really helped me, sort of get get some confidence going around the place, and, and was really friendly. But I, I then remember seeing Danny Kerr and it was yeah, it, no, it was so weird. You know when you watch those guys on on TV for so long, and you look at them, you're like, oh my god, they're real people, sort of thing. It was one of those moments. Um, but likewise, they're all really friendly, and and everyone was really nice and welcoming.
1: Any occasions of you being sort of the new kid on the block, having a few uh, jokes or being paid on of you? Sorry. Any occasions of you being sort of the new kid on the block and having some jokes or practical jokes played on you? Uh,
2: yeah, so um, no, there were a lot. So I, I'm quite uh introvert, not introverted, but a, a quiet person going in. So they were sort of some of the lads were getting into me, some of the physios. And then I, I got I got named Mini March for a little bit at the Starks. Apparently Joe was, Joe was quite similar. But apart from that, it was all... Pretty good because it was, it was quite weird going in because we weren't with the squad straight away, so you'd only see them walking around, so they never really got to, um, got to know, got to know us properly until later in the season. So I guess that element it was a bit like looking back on it, it was frustrating because you want to get thrown straight in and train with all the guys, but um, but we didn't because of COVID and like a pre-pre season, so it was a bit different for for my year. But to be honest. I didn't really get that stuck into. I mean, I guess just sort of the the big dog sort of joking around was always a bit intimidating when you you'd walk in, you'd be like, Oh God, please don't don't pick on me or joke about me, you sort of freeze. But apart from that, it was all good.
1: Obviously we had Finn on a couple of weeks ago, but as like a group of youngsters I all mean, coming, did you sit quite close together on the early days, sort of like relying on each other for support?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Finn Finn's a great bloke, he's become one of my really good mates this year. Um, and he's an outstanding rugby player. I mean, the hands on him as a tight head and now loose head is just incredible. And I know, boy, I can't really speak for scrums, but um, but no, he he's been really good. I mean, coming through with him from the under 13s has been really sort of refreshing. And then making my debut with, I know he he played racing in the in the European Cup, but. Having him on my premiership debut there as well was, was really nice. And we sort of stuck together that whole day, sort of bricking it. The amount of anxiety was a joke. But um, coming through with him, sort of playing with him, against him at, for when I was at Farnham, he was at Cobham, and then sort of going into um, the whole, the senior environment was really good. Then there's there another guy, Will Trenholm, who I went to school with, Farnham Rugby Club um, and, and everything like that, which again was really nice, sort of going through that whole journey with him.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. That was in this sort of camaraderie, obviously, you guys, rather well, than sort of the future of the club. So it's important those relationships that are early. Well, you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times now, but let's go on to so your debut. It was against Sale, wasn't it? Yes. So yes talk us through that process. When did you find out that you were going to be involved?
2: Yeah, so it, it was a weird one because I, I'd been away with the under-20s for a few weeks um, playing Scotland and we played Wales um and it was literally the day after the wales game i went in on the monday and i heard some of the lads like uh, uh, aaron morris and s- s- some of the boys go oh your ski might be starting on the wing and this and i thought everyone was joking because i never thought i'd play until i was sort of told and then i remember doing a gym session and feeling a bit weird and our, our S&C coach was, was being sort of weirdly nice to me, and I thought oh, there's something up, but I don't. I I couldn't read really out. It was the weirdest feeling. Um, so that that went all well, and then I remember sitting in the changing room, and, and Charlie Muckram went, "Biddy, Biddy, come here." And I I normally as sort of a first year back, I carry the whiteboard up and down. So I, I thought he was asking me to go and get the whiteboard. So I was sort of on my way. Be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll get the whiteboard." He went, "No, no, no, no. you're you, 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 you we're going to start you on the wings weekend." And I sort of froze, and I like looked at him, and I was like what are you okay yeah i I didn't know what to say it was it was the weirdest coolest moment um but yeah no i just remember freezing and sort of being like just nerves kicking in but mixed emotions everywhere yeah no i i had no idea because i hadn't been there the whole week so maybe some of the lads had heard something i I mean finn was on a bike and he went oscar i've heard you might be starting and i was a bit like "Mm, maybe surely not well why would they do that sort of now I haven't been in and then because I, I'd i been through a lot of my under 20 games with Nick Evans um, and I, I'd been performing well probably uh, playing my best rugby so far which was just nice to play to be honest because obviously loan was scrapped and stuff like that and um, I think on that perform- on my performances there they sort of um, wanted to give me a shot but I, I was over the moon I, I couldn't believe it
1: and then So talk us through game day then how, like, how did you start because obviously must has been a big day for you. Yeah, so we,
2: we drove up to Manchester the night before. We were in this crazy hotel, which obviously I'm not used to normally travelling on a school bus, sort of half falling apart and everything like that. So the first thing was the bus. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And then um, sort of we, we went to the hotel. That sort of evening was very chilled. I sort of just chilled with Finn, spoke to the lads. It was all very good fun. then that day of the game was the longest day of my life. The amount of anxiety in that day. me I remember me and Finn just sitting there lying, sort of lying next to each other, sort of just nerves were an understatement. We were so nervous, but we just couldn't wait. And then we went into Manchester for a coffee, all as a squad, which sort of just calmed everything down and, and was really nice and sort of relaxing. And um, so, yeah, and, and that was pretty much it. And then from there, I just chilled with uh, Lewis Liner and and uh, Finn, and from there, we had meetings, we had, I had a little shirt presentation from from Nick, which was which was really nice and sort of really sort of one of those things where I couldn't really believe it was happening until he was sort of there. I was like, oh, my God. And uh, B- Billy just came up to me and, and said, look, just throw everything out there, R- really enjoy it. Uh, you're there for a reason and everything. And from that, I just sort of, it a- almost got me sort of really up for it, but also calmed me down, and and from from there i was like okay it's just a game of rugby let's let's just go and just throw everything into it and and see how i do and then from that we got the bus and i remember actually one of my one of my best mates family somehow got tickets there and i saw them waving at the bus and so i like waved back but it was like a blacked out window so so they obviously couldn't see me i was like oh they're not seeing um then i remember walking out of the bus and the bus journey was only like 10 minutes it felt like an hour um, walking out of the bus and suddenly a camera in my face and I was a bit like, okay, what do I do? Just, just walk straight and got in and then was just sort of talking to Joe March. And, and then as soon as I was in, I was I was okay. But it was it was a it was a good day, a weird day. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it, yeah.
1: Talks to the game, obviously injury sort of came part of it, but how in your personal, how was it for you?
2: Yeah, so I, I we knew as like physical, their full strength side out. They're their the most physical team in the league, so we knew physically it's going to be really confrontational. Uh, and I mean, for me, I know obviously fast, the, arguably the best nine in the world. Um, so I knew that week I had to just nail my high balls, nail the back, make sure I'm understanding the backfield well, working well. So I, I did a lot of that in the warm up, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, just just there in the stadium, biggest crowd. of was obviously played in front of apart from at like Roseland Park, which is pretty weird. Um, but I, I just remember running out, and obviously they're all chanting for Sale, but thinking just getting such a buzz off it because it's the loudest noise I've ever sort of run out to. And then I remember sale, sale coming out, and and McGuigan sort of just just staring at me like sort of like like hitting himself or whatever. And I was a bit like, oh god, oh god, here we go. This is. I was just trying not to look at him because I was so nervous. But um, yeah, as soon as the whistle went, I sort of blocked out the noise and. the the game's the game and you just sort of got on with it.
1: I mean, from what I've read and what I saw, it was a pretty good game for yourself. I think most people would reciprocate that for on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I knew defensively it would be massive and given that, that's been a massive work on for me and, and we didn't have any ball. So, it, that 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 was a real way I could show myself. Particularly on a wing, it, it would be easy for me to sort of step away and and not sort of make my tackle. Well, not be needed in tackles and stuff like that. But I, I was just so sort of excited to get involved. I, I just wanted to to just help the team in any way and and see if I could hit someone or, or obviously legally <laughs> with, with the with the with the ball and everything. Because I think. On a defensive side, that that's almost at the time against sort of the most physical side. I knew it had to be there because if it's not, they're gonna they're gonna go all over us. I mean, I I prefer to attack. I'd like to be sort of quite quite well rounded with my kicking, and passing. So a few times in attack, I would sort of me and March would swap around j- just from how it kicks and how it goes back. i have been at thirteen, but unfortunately, the ball never came. So. Um, defensively I knew I had to had to be on it um, and I remember one, one of my biggest memories was Faf through this most outrageous mispass and I was like sort of in the backfield and I remember looking up and I thought it was Rob Dupree so the 10 slash 12 and I was thinking right this is where I, I, I need to step up here and try and sort of hit him pretty hard get him into touch or whatever. And I remember looking up thinking that's the biggest 10 or 12 I've ever seen in my life. And then, then I hit him, I lifted him up a bit and, and he went back. And then I, I looked down again and I realized it was Dan Dupree. And I was thinking, Oh my God, I've just done that to the eight. So I was thinking if, if I knew I'd have just chopped him straight away, uh, but I tried to properly slow the ball down. So I think that was a big moment for me where, where I knew like, like I, I felt more comfortable and more confident, uh, sort of in the game thinking, it could, could, look, I built up in my head so much that, that it was going to be impossible. They're going to bounce me. It's going to be really hard as a, as a small winger. Um, and I just wanted to show that I was physical uh, and that I, I could deal with it, which I, I think I could. Um, so f- from that moment and from at the start, I remember McGuigan um, getting the ball and he sort of stepped into me and I almost slipped um but i I sort of got square then i then i hit the ruck and they had pen advantage so they ended up getting the pen but from there i was just just really confident and desperate to sort of get involved and and get get help in the team
1: then afterwards was there any sort of initiation or anything for you after your first cap no. So I,
2: I obviously, I, I went off after hitting the yeah. the Rob Dupree. No, no, no. The Jean-Luc Dupree, who obviously got me back for hitting his brother. Yeah. Um, and I, I've done, I did my ankle. So I sort of got on the bus and, well, actually, no, I'll go before that. So I went in and they checked my Achilles and stuff. And the first thing they said is my Achilles was still intact. So I was like, yes, I'm okay. I'm going to be fine which I wasn't, of course. Um, but So I went back out, and then I was told I had to be drug tested, because they do it randomly, so all the wings had to be drug tested. Um, so I was thinking, oh, this is a pain. I, I literally can't stand on what, like, I can't stand. <laughs> At the moment, so I was trying to sort of do a wee in a, in a pot as you do everything, and it was the most difficult thing ever, and the physios wanted to see me, but they had to see me because of all the timings and stuff, so I actually missed this sort of end of game speech and and whatever and then i was putting this boot and then my ankle started to kick in with a lot of pain the adrenaline would sort of go off and i went on the bus and um yeah it was a long journey home um especially how we'd stop off and i wouldn't be able to go out with the boys to to the services to get anything so yeah it was a long journey home back to the stoop. <laughs> And then obviously i couldn't drive so i had to leave my car at the stoop luckily finn took me back to the ACAD house so we stayed at the ACAD house that night and yeah we got back very late at like four in the morning and my ankle was in a lot of pain
1: fair enough right so before we move on to sort of the big day i just want to touch on something you, just, you said which i think sort of links it you talked about even <laughs> day before the game you all went for a coffee in manchester obviously harlequin's last season had quite a up and down with the management and everything does that sort of represent as joe marler t- touched on after the final sort of the togetherness of the group that they, you tried to implement by the end of it
2: yeah I, I mean absolutely like the the togetherness of of the group and sort of the relationships between all the boys was huge <coughs> oh sorry no worries and um, yeah well that was for sure. um but you know it was huge between the boys and the relationships sort of everyone n- not, not leaving anyone out so sort of me me and finn being the youngest guys we were treated like everyone else was and sort of wanting to get to know each other. And um, that relationship off the field went through the roof and on our our socials or what we could do as socials because of COVID was huge, sort of getting to know each other. And and you could really see it, sort of the culture of the club and the togetherness of everyone. Everyone was just enjoying what they're doing off and on the pitch. And I I definitely think that was massive towards winning the Premiership as a squad.
1: After everything that happened, sort of what were the things identified as a squad that you guys wanted to do?
2: Uh, What, as, as in in the final? or
1: as just it, it, as throughout the season obviously you had the management shake up and everything
2: oh yeah so from that I don't think we were expecting to do as well as we were in the next few months so we just said let's all just stick together work for each other and um, yeah that, that's pretty much what we did and went from there and just took every game as it came and and sort of just go from there and that that's basically what we did and we, we didn't overcomplicate it. We kept it simple and, and worked for each other and to, and before we knew it, we were sort of in a final and we sort of emotionally were there together and went from there, yeah.
1: So obviously right, the final, talk us through, yeah. uh, obviously your role as a non playing Obviously someone yeah. like Finn, I saw he was carrying the watch on the day, but as someone who was completely not involved, so I'm, what was your sort of, talk us through your day?
2: Yeah, so I arrived at the Stoop before the game and the first thing was just, just single players, nerves kicking and everything. But the walk for me on crutches from the stoop to yeah. Twickenham was the longest walk ever. But the, atmos- <clears throat> oh, sorry. the atmosphere from all of the fans was just ridiculous. Like the chanting, the cheering for the whole squad as we walked over was awesome. And then I remember getting in there and the extra lot came in and sort of started chanting and then we were chanting at them and, and, and whatnot and it was just sort of awesome and then came on and obviously we were there all sitting together and it kicked off and it was what it was and it was a brilliant game of rugby.
1: Whose idea was it the walk from the Stuart Switchman? So <laughs> my um uh, well
2: that we were always going to do it. I think I think it was just ahead of operations like we're one squad. It's been such a squad effort given everything that's gone on. Um yeah, I, I think it was always going to happen.
1: I think that's what that demonstrated as of, <coughs> no one needs any more having seen how, what you guys have done this season. That's what demonstrated the whole, how much togetherness there is within your squad as a group.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's on a... <coughs> well, sorry, I don't know. Lovely. Uh, and that's on a coach's perspective as well, just sort of the relationship with players and, and everything sort of going forward was huge.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And then obviously, what in the week leading up, what was your, obviously your crutch and stuff, was there anything that you sort of did towards the final towards the
2: episode or did you just... um to, to be honest I, not really because i was sort of rehabbing yeah. so I, <clears throat> I would be in at completely different times um to the lads which was really frustrating because i obviously wanted to be a part of that week um going into it but um they did do a video from all the families and everything for the match day squad which was huge and it was really nice <laughs> to see all of that. Sorry, I honestly don't know what's happening. Yeah, is that all right if I quickly do that?
1: Sorry, that's so So obviously the final happened it was I mean you were there, you're in the stands, one of the best games of rugby I've seen this season, if not in the last five, ten years of Premiership of Rugby. What was it like being there in the stadium?
2: Uh, it was electric, the noise was just incredible, given the amount of fans actually allowed in, and we all thought from that semi-final it wasn't going to be anywhere near the... <coughs> anywhere near sort of. The... <coughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry, this isn't... Don't worry
1: about it, don't worry about it
2: <laughs> Ah! Uh, yeah, from the semi-final, we, we didn't think it was going to be anything near that, and it and it was, and we were just like, this is ridiculous, particularly from Jack and I scoring right at the end. Just the amount of points in that game. I remember sort of they were winning by like five, and we were like, oh no. And then March goes in the corner, and we're like, this is ridiculous. And then everyone's just going mental at that final try. But it was, yeah, it was crazy.
1: Yeah, no, it was nuts. What were your thoughts when you sort of just let that kickoff landed, Did extra got it, and they sort of mm-hmm. ran it straight in? What were your thoughts from the side?
2: We were like, Oh God, here we go. We we're like, no, no, no. Just everyone panicking. And then as soon as we had the ball, we are like, slow it down, slow it down, slow it down and just go from there.
1: I mean, the final sort of reciprocated the type of brand of rugby Harlequins wanted to play. If you look at the semi-finals where you guys were remember, not down and out, but very much on the back foot, sort of talk us through how you guys wanted to play the attacking rugby. Like, was that always something you thought flairy almost?
2: Um. Yeah. Look, Quinns have always had that in their DNA. They're just sort of attacking rugby, heads up rugby, and, and just skillfully. I think all the players were there from from that semi final, sort of going forward, just play <clears throat> play the space and counter attack, be a counter attacking team. And I think we just want to stay true to ourselves. We didn't want to change anything. We didn't want to be like a Sari's or Exeter. And I remember, uh, I don't know who said it, I think it was Joe who said it, Like we, we we did it and we did it our way, we didn't do it any other way. And I think that was that was huge for everyone, showing that you can win a premiership not like Saris and Exeter, who have been dominant for the last five, ten years, which has been huge. So I'd say that was pretty much it.
1: And obviously, as we touched on, squad camaraderie, but obviously you had quite a few players who this would have been the final game or was the final game. How much was it that you wanted to put the team wanted to lay down a performance for them? Obviously, Brown was leaving after that and a few others. Brown obviously wasn't out play. That's a whole different matter. But...
2: Um, yeah, I think emotionally, just everyone was there <clears throat> wanting to do it for sort of all the players and, and everything, even, even the staff, like Mike Brown's been a huge part of the club and going forward, I'm sure he'll still be really close with the club, and <clears throat> I think that just made the day even more special sort of going into it and wanting to do it for those individuals that have been so big for the for the club
1: and I mean it's been dug for some as d j Marla final just because of how good his performance was what like there's so many words you could use to describe him, but if you add in a few words, how would you
2: well, that's hard um. Uh, extremely hardworking. I think he <clears throat> works almost harder than anyone else, sort of on and off the pitch. I mean, he's in his physical conditions like exceptional. Um, and then, <clears throat> obviously, he's got his personality to go with it. He's been he's hilarious, be really nice to all our, us young lads, and sort of w- watching how he goes about his business, sort of at the club and looks after himself. is Huge. So I think he's he's really resilient given um, sort of the surgeries and and everything he's been through. But as well as that, I mean, how mobile he is and and skillful he is sort of at the non sort of obvious things, like the non-set piece stuff and around the park and his fitness has been, it's awesome. I know that's that's way more than three words, but honestly, I I wouldn't know what to say just because of how good he's been this year. Um,
1: From your perspective, just how good was he in that final?
2: I mean, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, particularly as a prop, having played, he played 94 minutes a week before. He'd just had a baby. It would be very easy for him to say, look, I can't be there. So it just showed his sort of passion for the club and for the boys. Um, and then I think just sort of around the pitch, sort of be led by example, just just physically... And his work great in defence was huge and a massive factor for us sort of winning it. <clears throat> but yeah, I think as well as I, I think everyone was pretty exceptional. But just to have someone like him leading from the front with his experience was just unreal.
1: And go on then. I'm sure most of our listeners are waiting for this but The post match socials. What happened after? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so we all head back to the stoop um, with with like family and friends and. <clears throat> some speeches went on and they brought the cup out, <clears throat> and a lot of the players sort of came over, still full kit, which was hilarious, and, and it basically had a bit, of a bit of a party, outdoors, obviously COVID rules and everything, um, and yeah, that, that, that was pretty much it, and then <clears throat> a few of the lads, just the lads, we sort of went out to a pub afterwards, and um, yeah, just celebrated into the night, and then had the social the next day, which was
1: all, all good fun, yeah. Any stories on the social? Um, Without letting anyone down too badly?
2: Not, not really. I, th- I think one of the, the big ones was a lot of the boys got their texts. <coughs> well, the England boys got their texts for England on the social. So, obviously, J- Jack Kenningham, who's had an exceptional season, who's been absolutely awesome and fully deserves it. So, so, someone like him, who hasn't sort of been in the mix for the first... Two years, or even TR to go where he's come from has been awesome, uh, and he, he like he's been been outstanding, and it would be particularly with Web going out, he's been outstanding. Um, also, just just being there when he sort of got the text and everyone going, yes, Kenneth, sort of get in and um, celebrating with him and for him was was really nice to see. But he got um, yeah, no, he he was nervous, but he he did he did really well and. I'm sure he's loving it and fully deserved. But apart from that, there, was, there wasn't too much to to say, or that I think I'm allowed to say. So allowed to say, I think I was probably yeah, particularly as a first
1: year. I don't know. Kevin no, was, it, was it, was it was good. It wasn't was it just uh, a one day social? Wasn't quite like dudes. Oh, no, no,
2: yeah, no. It was definitely more than a one day. I mean. A lot of the lads, I mean, I think the more playing squad then, and the big dogs went on for at least four or five days after. I was <laughs> sort of just, just going at it with the cup and everything.
1: As you would, as you would, very deserved. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Oscar, thanks so much for giving up your evening. I mean, it's, it's taken a while, but we've got them Yeah. Then quite a coughing fit. A coughing I'm so fit. sorry, honestly.
0: Um,
1: no, don't worry about sorry. it. And sadly, for the more observant and keen listeners, you'll notice know, Matt's not here, but sadly he's been drawn away in the US, so it's just me tonight. Um, but just before we finish, obviously, Dave, going to be up there, Prem Finals, we're yeah. right up there. Are there any other standout moments, like your favourite moments of rugby in your career or that you sort of stick closely in your memory?
2: Um, Obviously, the debut's huge. Yeah. Um, I think my England sort of, I know it wasn't officially capped, but <clears throat> playing for the England under-20s V, Scotland, Wales, massive for me. And just sort of having the games I had, I, I, I felt it sort of, it just made me sort of really confident going into Quinn's and sort of being able to be myself and, and play my own game. I, th- I think that was probably stands out for me. Um, But yeah, I'd say those are the moments in my whole career. Obviously, playing for your first team at school and England under 18 is huge as well. But I I think just genuinely just being part of something like the whole squad winning, winning the Prem has been massive and getting to know sort of some of my childhood heroes has been huge.
1: Awesome. Well, cheers, buddy, for me up your evening. And thanks everyone else for tuning. We're back again next week with our Lions preview with someone who's been on a tour. So that's quite exciting for us. He's a returner as well. So you might recognize if you head back to series one, but he'll get some very interesting views from his time in 2005. So tune back in then. Cheers, guys.
2: Thanks very much, Freddie. Thanks, guys.
1: Listening to the Tap and Go podcast. I'm Guy Thompson, and I'm a Looseheads ambassador. The mental health movement normalizing the conversation in rugby. Head over to looseheads.co.uk and get 15% off at the checkout now with code Tap and Go. Take care.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you What do you do when you win?